Good evening, Black Up America. We have another week. Uh, another week has surpassed us, and here we are today. Um, um, this is Black Up America, and I am Kenny Jones. Yes, um, well, I did have a scheduled guest as I uh, uh, advertised, but the guest is not here yet. My co-host is not here yet. And boom, they might be together. But uh, let me go on and tell you that Black Urban America is sponsored by Queen Mother for Real Media. Uh, Queen Mother for Real Media was uh, started uh, by Il Fola. And some of y'all might know about Il Fola, and some of y'all might know about Darlene Dawson. Um, Queen Mother for Real Media also sponsors uh, uh, no One Talks by Devin Heflin And he comes on Wednesday nights at 8 o'clock uh, He focuses on also uh, some of the media issues concerning uh, African Americans Then on Saturdays we have no other that cause me With, um, with, uh, with a provocative thought and he focuses on social behavior, not only social behavior in the black community, but social behavior uh, period in the United States of America. So, and uh, also, Queen Mother for Real Media has a marketing partnership program where if you have a small business and are self-employed, we can you can advertise on one of our radio shows. For a uh, small, small fee. Well, uh, I would just like to really focus in on something, uh, something that's alarming uh, to me. Uh, what's alarming to me is that young black males in the United States of America has the lowest dropout rate in the country. According to this couple of um, newsprint articles, of all cultures have surpassed us. All cultures. I'm not talking about black girls. No, black girls are doing well um, in the educational system. But the young brothers, why aren't they learning? Uh, I, I am aware about the different approaches of learning styles, right brain versus left brain. But why haven't people in, that, in these communities Why have the citizens in these communities doing something? You know, I, I mean, like, the marching has to be over. The talking has to be over. This is a time of what we call it's time to do something. 
and, and and I could be wrong. There may be many organizations. I ain't talk about the typical organizations that are political, such as Urban League, NAACP, what have you. I'm talking about other community organizations that don't get funding from the government, but they're doing a service in their communities across this nation. But I do not see any type of headway between these community organizations and the political office that you may say or the educational uh, system. And I'm not talking about on a national scale either. I'm talking about on a local scale. So I think that... uh, I think that uh, we shall be uh, we shall be um, I think we should be more productive if we were um, if we were uh, more I, I mean we are involved but we've not seen any results and is local politics taking uh, uh um, is local politics taking um taking us for granted because they know they have our vote or we do we campaign for them we vote for them but we're not seeing any results across uh, across this country, and you could forget about President Trump doing anything doing anything about it. So, uh, if you if you want to make a comment or ask a question, the number is three four seven nine eight nine zero one eight zero. That's three four seven nine eight nine zero one eight seven and uh, plus one if we have a question. Hello. Yes, you're on. Oh, goodness. Kenny, I am so sorry I'm running late. You're on the air. Hello, is our guest on? Yes. I got connected. Hello? I got a... Hello? Wait. We had, diff- we had technical I... difficulties. Oh, technical difficulties. Okay, okay. Hello? Hello, hi. Hi, Tammy Cavalli, how are you? Good, and you? Good, I'm doing great. I I was running a little bit late, and we had some technical difficulties, so this is what we ended up with. Um, Thank you for hanging in there with us. 
Well, good. Yeah, it was a little different this time. I didn't know if I was doing things correctly, but the main thing is that we got it. We got it together. And that's Hello. what counts. That's what counts. Yes. Hello. Can you hear me? Can you? Yes. Yes. Oh, thank you for being on time, ladies. Uh, I really appreciate it. <laughs> You're welcome. Anytime. Anytime. Wow, man! Like you know, I know. I, I I know we live in different time zones, but you you know, um, hey, you know, like I made it on time. Uh, uh, Tammy, did you make it on time? Josh, did you make it on time? Yeah, I was running late. Okay, I was the one that wasn't on time. Okay, let's just put that out there. I was running late. I was running late, but I'm on. You know, I got a lot going no, on. But, but check this out. The guest was late, too. Oh. Well, let's just say the guest but was guess calling, what? but guess what? it was I held it difficult. down. I held it down until y'all came on, uh, even though I had some technical difficulties because... Um, like a boss would. Just like a boss would, Kenny. I got to give you your props for that, you know? Ditto. I say the same thing. That's awesome. So, John, that's why you got the skills, man. Well, thank you for having me back. Yes, I want to ask you a couple of questions about your hood. My hood? Are you talking about my hood? Yeah, your hood. Are you in a hood of neighborhood in Florida? You know, Tampa Bay area, Clearwater, St. Petersburg, right? Yes, yes. Yes. Yeah, I've been am. reading about your I've been reading about your hood lately. But um oh, really? before we get, Yes. Yes, I have. Uh uh but we'll get into that a little later. Uh, okay. uh can, can you brush up on the uh Arts for Life Academy? Yes, Arts for Life. Academy is a 501c3 nonprofit organization whose mission is to reinforce resilience uh, to our children and community youth by enhancing their education, promoting diversity, developing life skills, and we use cultural and performing arts and science, math, engineering, and technology uh, to help reinforce their skills and reinforce their lives so that they can um, live through the many challenges that they face on a daily basis, and they can become more resilient, bounce back, and keep it moving. Now, um, wow, that's awesome. You said at one time that uh, you utilized a holistic approach. How do you yes. incorporate the holistic approach with math and science technology? Well, when when they're learning, you know, uh, there was a professor, Dr. Howard Garner, that talked about uh, multiple intelligences, uh, theories, and concepts. And he basically indicated that we learn in so many different ways. And 
and it's important to be able to provide those venues and provide those opportunities to be mentally stimulated on many different levels. Some people learn linguistically, some people spatially, some people learn by hearing, some people learn better when they're moving. So, so there's all different ways that, you know, we get this uh uh, intellectual stimuli, and when you limit it to just one or two different ways, you have difficulty. Some people find difficulty in being able to learn and express themselves and comprehend what it is you're trying to teach. So we try to provi- provide different avenues uh, so that all of those uh, intelligences uh, could be stimulated. So we'll have science activities, then we'll have uh, singing, then we'll have uh, theater, then we'll have movement, then we'll have physical um uh, athletic, athleticism, then we'll have robotics, then we'll have um, uh, engineering activities where they could just learn to think and how things operate and create. So it's important that we keep that whole gamut going on because, you know, we are all unique and we all have special talents and gifts that we are given to share. And, you know, when you're coming up as a child, you don't know what your special talent show through is going to be, whether you're going to be, you know, if you're going to relate to science more or you're going to relate to um, uh, technological, mathematical skills. So, you know, we have to provide those opportunities for our children to discover, you know, their, their talent show throughs. You don't know what's going to stick. And then when we find out, we try to make sure that there are many activities so that they can flourish uh, in those mannerisms and grow, grow and expand their horizons and be more creative. So um, it, it is a constant learning environment, and, you know, we just try to encourage the parents and encourage the children to be open to learning many different things. And in today's society, a lot of the children tell the parents what they're going to do. They say, I don't like that. I'm not, I don't feel like learning that. I don't want to learn that. But when I was coming up, we didn't have those options of saying you didn't want to learn. My mother said, hey, um, I'm going to get a piano so you can start taking piano lessons. I said, okay. And then I learned piano. You know, I didn't profess to become a pianist, but it broadened my horizons in in, in terms of music and, you know, musicality and the ability to be able to learn about scales and be able to learn about compositions and theories of music. And it has has still stuck with me to today. I could sit down and listen to Bach, Beethoven, Chopin, and at the same time listen to rap, you know, because I was exposed to all those different genres. So it's important that we provide a fertile environment so that holistically, um, esoterically, spiritually, um, uh, you know, they have to learn about eating and, and, and how to take care of their body and all kinds of things. So all of those things come into play. And, you know, we use, we rotate different activities and different modems and make sure that that's available to our children because, you know, that's our job. You know, if we're working with the children and we're nurturing the children, you have to provide a well-rounded environment for them to learn holistically. Okay. um, Awesome. Well, um, you know, okay, I want to step out of your center for a second and go into the community. Okay. Okay. Yeah, you give us a description. And I ain't talking about your... 
Clearwater, uh, uh, boating community. I'm talking about the community where the families live, if you understand my question. Yes. Mm-hmm. Can you give us a description of what your is Clearwater a suburban or they're kind of close together? They're about 45 minutes apart, and um, it's kind of like mirrored cities because you have your city, you have your urban areas, and then you have your middle-class areas, and, you know, you have your nuclei, and then, you know, it expands out, and as it grows, the further it gets, the, 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 the bigger the houses get, you know, the higher the income, and so... Um, and that's kind of like the same thing in Tampa and the same thing in St. Petersburg. Okay. Uh, and, okay. Um, well, let me ask you, uh, yeah, St. Peter's. I don't know why I got clear water down here. But, um, but y'all all the same, Eric, St. Petersburg and Clearwater, Tampa. Y'all like all, like, like you know, Clearwater and St. Petersburg are like uh, uh, the suburbs of Tampa, right? No, they're oh. all their own ind- individual cities, and they all have the same scenario going on. You know, you have your 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 urban area, you have your city, you have your urban area, and then it branches out. So it's like three different cities, and they all pretty much look the same, and they have the same thing going on. Because oh, okay, people know okay. where the hood is in Clearwater, they know where the hood is in St. Pete, and they know where the hood is in Tampa. And then Clear, you have Clearwater your, you know, has a hood. Clear, Clearwater, Clearwater has that a hood. Boat, that that, that boating community, that upper, <laughs> upper income well, boating community, <laughs> the boating community oh, yeah. has a hood. What, oh, 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 of 100 yards? How, how, how long is the hood? 100 yards? No, just... yeah, they have a hood. When I first came down, it's one of the first places I went. And I said, oh, look at these nice little townhouses. And they said, uh, they said, uh, those are not townhouses, those are projects. <laughs> yeah, see, where we come from, those are townhouses. <laughs> uh, yeah, come... I think those look like townhouses. Maybe, maybe, maybe not in Oregon, they're not uh, 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 um, projects, they're townhouses in Oregon. Because Oregon really don't have too many African-Americans. Oregon, Utah. Well, yeah, Oregon is. Uh, it, we have very few. There's very few of us out here near Portland. Uh, there's more in Portland than there is where I live, and that is right outside of Portland, about 15 minutes. Um, and um, so we have a like an MLK and a Rosa Parks, and that's that's where um, our people were living until gentrification came in and start moving them out toward uh, Vancouver. So now it's 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 changing. You can see the the area changing, but I'm originally from Oakland, so um, I know what a hood is. <laughs> East mm-hmm. Oakland, 84th. That's where that's where I was born, and I was raised, you know, by way of you know Vallejo, you know, so between the two cities, you know. Um, I just moved out here probably about 10 years ago. I've been out here for 10 years. So yeah, there's not much of a hood out here. I mean, we have a hood, but it's not, you know, not like where I'm from. Uh, thank you very much of the description of your community, uh, Tammy. Uh, thank you. Um, getting back to uh, Florida. Um, 
But it never snows. Is it snowing up there, Tim? It was snowing. It was snowing so bad that we got snowed in, and I was just so offended because there's no sunshine. And you know, you know how I feel about that. I know that's why you asked me, but it's not snowing today. I'm so happy to say that all the snow is melted and that the sun came out for the last two days, so I did get a little bit of sunshine. So not a lot, but enough. For these last two days, uh, well, nobody told you to move to Oregon. You know, got you know, <laughs> that's where you made your bed. That's where you got to lie. That's why I said, you know, I don't feel sorry for you, right, Miss Hester? You're you're in a nice sunshine state. Yeah, I'm in a nice sunshine state too. Seventy five. Oh my god. Yeah, my temperature was eighty. And there's a nice breeze and the sun is shining. And, oh, my um, goodness. And everybody else I know is talking about snow, and I saw snow on television, and I said, you know. I, I never know. want to see snow again. Huh? I never want to see snow again. <laughs> oh, my. I wish I was out with the sun. I do. I wish I was in the sunshine state. Well, I do. I miss July. the sun. You gonna have to wait till July. You only get one month of sunshine in that state. But anyway, um, <laughs> you know, let me get this in. Stop thinking about me, to, all right? I know. Can you remind uh, me? Uh, all right, I'm aware. Give back like to eight weeks. Uh, excuse me. We get about eight weeks of sun, maybe more if we're lucky. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Get back to Florida, um, <laughs> uh, uh, Mrs. Uh, I've been. Uh, Making some observations, your your area have a uh, an interest and a focus on gun violence. Is gun violence in your area affecting the urban communities? Well, I think St. Petersburg, you know, may have more of the gun violence there, and there's some in Tampa. Not so much in Clearwater. It's a smaller area. It's a smaller town. And um, so you don't hear about it, and we don't experience it as much as St. Petersburg. It has been. It's been increasing with uh, violent crimes. And in many instances, um, what has been said, and many of the discussions have been that it's really not as much. Hello? It's not as much as the people from the community as it is movement from other areas coming, people from other areas coming in and being parts of gangs and kind of like initiating and influencing and, you know, doing things in the community and recruiting people from the community. So well, let me say, well, hold, hold up, Ms. Henson. You're trying to say, you're trying to say there was no violence. In no, no areas. No, I didn't say there was people blue over there. No, no, no. Huh? We have violence. I mean, you know, you have people that get into their. I mean, a high rate of a high level of violence. Yeah, a high level lately, of violence. lately there have been a lot of things going on where people are coming in from other communities and um, they are recruiting for gangs and you know they're they're doing a lot of things that are definitely increasing the numbers of the violence and the murders in the area. Well, let me ask you something, Ms. Hitson, That Okay, mm-hmm. uh, so you're saying there's an influx of gangs, right? Yes. Is, 
it, it does that does that have an impact? The increase of gangs have an impact on the low excuse me, of the high dropout rate of young black boys, which is sixty two percent. Yeah, I I, I mean, excuse me, excuse me. Only 62% are graduating. So you have 40, 40, like 38% of black boys are dropping out of uh, 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 school every year since 2000. These statistics were taken from 2012 up to today. There wasn't keeping statistics like that before uh, 2012. So, like, you have only 62% of black boys graduating from high school, or you have 82% of white boys graduating from high school. Do you, the, uh, the low high school uh, graduation rate of, of black boys is a correlation of the increase of gang activity? Well, I think that there are so many things that are contributing to those factors. Okay. Um, in, in the school systems, you know, d- down here, one, some of the things that I have been reading and listening to from parents and administration, you you have a lot of things that are going on in the school system. Well, in this area, they already have a couple of class action lawsuits regarding the discrimination in the schools and how they um, how they focus on suspending African Americans, specifically males, for the smallest infractions how there's discrimination with the teachers. Uh, one Johnny could raise his hand and get called on all day. If Abdul raises his hand, uh, he's invisible to the teachers. Uh, there's wow. issues of, of um, how, the, how they're being graded. For different so there's so much institutionalization, institutionalized racism and um decadence regarding how the the youngsters are being treated that, for example, if they have a 1,000 suspensions, uh, 900 of them might be the African-Americans. And the boys other kids are not at that. Boys oh, at yeah, that. Wow. Well, the girls are doing well. Going on, the, the young African-American girls are doing well. Uh, the girls, the same thing for the girls. And they are... They are uh, right now, in addition to the class action lawsuits, um, they have uh, like five failing, they call them the failure factories. These are schools that they are intentionally um, intentionally um, moving those children from the school system into the prison system. You have the issue of classifications of special ed and all kinds of classifications that warrant um, a psychotropic drugging of the children. And from there, you know, again, then there's the, the special classrooms and they wind up, you know, like working them out of the school into a secondary kind of um, educational system where they really don't get diplomas, but they get something to get them out. And then they're not employable. They find out they can't be accepted into college. Now what are their alternatives in terms of surviving? Most of them go, you know, the route of, well, I could sell drugs. I mean, there are many people. I I know some people that are professionals that came from Atlanta and New Jersey and different places with making six figures, all these skills, and they came down here to this area and, and looked for jobs for two years and never got employed 
they would pass the first uh, interview, second, be more qualified than the people who are interviewing them, and they still never got employed. And they had to leave this area and go back someplace wow. else before they signed up for So it's kind of like you blame it on one thing because there are so many things going on at the same time that um, wow. it's kind of like it's hard to – it's hard to address it unless you really start addressing everything. And um, which, you know, there are some attempts to do that, but the institutionalization is so strong. And getting those kids into prison is such a huge business, you know. And, you know, so now you know, with some protests, people are starting to pull back on the suspensions because of things like what you're saying. Statistically, they're showing, hey, you know, why, why are the African-American kids getting suspended you know, at a rate 10 times everybody else. You know, well, because, they're really angry. because they come from unruly homes, because, you know, there's so much more to it. And um, you have to address the issue of who's, who's it, who are they dealing with in the classroom. And, you know, the way that they're teaching. I just talked about, the, uh, you know, the multiple intelligences theories and concepts. That is, I mean, you do have some creative teachers that, are innovative and the kids can't wait to get there. And that's for a few. Most of the kids, you know, they're like, oh my goodness, I got to go listen to another lecture all day. And most of the African American males, you can ask them, uh, I don't know what the percentage is, but I know up to being maybe fourth grade, many African American males have never had an African American male teacher. Today, then, 2017. You know they're doing testing now with all they go from they went from SCAT to another testing and they're trying to teach Common Core, which is kind of like learning backwards and upside down, just to get to the simple place where you you know where we used to do reading, writing, and arithmetic. Well, they turned it upside down, inside out. They said now learn it, and uh, and you have these children that are are failing because of all of the different nuances and new ways of learning that they're being bombarded with on a daily basis, and every year they're changing it. And then the people that make the tests are making money hands over fist, which Jeb Bush and his family has a lot to do with down here in Florida. But so you have all but of these situations his, going on. Territory. That's Pardon me? territory. That's his territory. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, and that was, they, they're making money off of the uh, poverty and off of impoverishing and, you know, criminalizing and um, putting people in jail, children. Well, let me ask you this. Well, excuse me. Tammy, do you have a yes. question? A question. Yeah, I'm just- I don't technically have a question. I have a comment. That that is infuriating, like, that this system is doing that to our children. It's just like we – what can we do to prevent or to support our kids? I know that you already have a program where you are, and that's wonderful, but this is happening everywhere. Mm -hmm. This is happening all over the U.S. where we are maligning our children and throwing them in prison and – you know, putting them in special ed classes is the problem. Yeah. It's the Definitely. problem. What can we do? I guess my question is, what can we do to to change things? Well, I'm not an expert in that realm, however. Yes, you are, Ms. Hester. Yes, you no, are. Yes, you are. I yes, can just tell yes, you yes, yes, you are. You are an expert because you are doing something in 
community. You not just talk about it. You are doing the do. Yes, you are an expert. The other people, all they do is write and, 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 and high on Facebook and social media, but don't do a damn thing. They are not the experts. Well, you are. Well, I, well, I, well. One of the things I I can say about that is that you know, none of us can do everything, but everybody can do something. And so the right. something that I can do, that's what I've been doing. And it's my passion. It's not about money. It's not about notoriety. I wake up every morning and say, how can I help? How can I make this situation better? And and that's my drive. And um, many, you know, we're so preoccupied with a lot of things. And our children are not our priority. And mm-hmm. so we don't go to the parents' meeting. They're chasing money. They're chasing money. They say, oh, you know, um, when we call a meeting, uh, the African-American parents, they just don't come out. We don't know what to do to get them out. Now, they'll put an announcement, send it home. The Mexicans, you know, they'll all come. Or, you know, the Hispanics, they'll all come. You know, the Asians, they'll all come. But the African-American parents are are missing. They're not coming. They're not vocalizing. They're not verbalizing. They're not saying, hey, we're not going to – this is not fair and we want this addressed. And in some instances, you know, there's, there's, you know, arguments on all sides. You know, many people have gone in and they've tried to, you know, fight that battle. They didn't have the expertise. They didn't have the knowledgeable people behind them. And they say, you know what, it's not worth the fight. Let's just go to another school or let's just go to another place. And, you know, some people are saying, well, what good is it going to do? But, you, you know, in most instances, when it comes to helping your children, you know, you have to uh, get in there and you have to learn what's going on, ask questions, and, you know, and talk to different people because the more you converse about these things, but if you're sitting at home and you're playing video games and you just kind of hanging out, you definitely guarantee to not be a part of, of, of bringing about change. And our children need us. And so many of these yes. children are so frustrated because they say, well, who's going to help me? Mom can't help me. The school is trying to kill me, you know, and there's nobody else that I can turn to, which is one of the reasons why at our center, you know, we, we, we meet weekly, the staff, and we also go to the schools. We talk to the teachers, and, when we, and we talk to the children. And when the children have a problem, we become the advocate for the parent and the child. And we set up an appointment with the principal. We'll go with you. We'll sit down. We'll have discussions. We'll contact the school board and say, what is your practice for this? Why is it that? Where's the law for that? We'll talk to other people. So that advocacy has to go on at all times. And the more it goes on, the stronger we will get. But, you know, there are so many people that, you know, their, their focus is different. Their energy is different. And it's like, oh, well, and they're leaving it up to other people to do it. But guess what? You're the one that's going to make the difference. They have to believe and know that they, that whoever it is, that they can make the difference. And then when you get a million people believing they can make a difference, a difference will happen. Well, yeah, guess mm-hmm. what? This is what somebody told me about a month and a half ago, about a month ago. He said, in anybody's history, it never been the masses that rose up. It always been a, a select few 
but the masses benefit from the few struggle. You think that that's true? Well, um, the masses benefit, and and there are many people that have sacrificed. And I had a conversation with a gentleman from Mexico a couple of weeks ago, and I saw where there was a group of Latinos that went to the NAACP because of unfair treatment, and they wanted to talk to them, and let's say, how how can how can we come together, and how can we you know, get the knowledge that you have. You guys have a lot of knowledge about this civil rights stuff, and we want to know. So I was talking to this gentleman from Mexico, and he was talking about how we can, you know, do things together, and, you know, we can, if we work together, things will be better. And I said to him, I said, "Um, did you see Hidden Figures? He said, what is that? I said, it's a film that's out right now about, some African-American women that contribute to uh, the, the advancements of the space program in this country. Did you see that movie? He said, no. I said, okay. I said, well, you need to go and see that movie because when you go and you see that movie, you'll get an idea, and it's not just that one. There's many films out, but I, I spoke about that one because it was the current one out. I said, but right. you get an idea in a sense of, what African-American people live through on a daily basis. And it's different from coming into a country and say, hey, your rights is being violated. Well, let's go over here to this program and, you know, they can get, so we can get some attorneys for free and they'll help us, you know, get our way. I said, see, what, what we're talking about is something totally different. So I encourage you and your friends to go and, and look at that movie. And when you see that movie and you, you go through that experience, then come back and we'll talk some more. Because it's important that we understand that it's when good people stand back and do nothing, like they say. That's when evil prevails. Evil prevails when good people stand back and do nothing. So it's important for us to educate and if, you know, Five people, you know, they understand all the nuances of an issue, and then they say, "Well, let's go and let's let's address it." You know, important for all of us to constantly work towards educating and towards the advocacy of helping each other and doing what's right. Because, you know, there's been a lot of things we could have been doing, we have not, and we are in a position now where. It's going to take a lot of work, you know, to turn things around. Because lifetime. in this area. It's going to be, it's a journey. It's, it's a lifetime. Yeah, exactly. It took us 600 years to get here. It probably going to take us 200 to get out of this. Yeah, well, there's a lot of people in this area. There's a whole machine, a whole institution. It's called Turn the, turn the Clock Back Institution, where people hmm. actively work at trying to get things back to the way it used to be. And with the way they are writing laws and taking a pen and signing this out and signing in, you know, we're going to find ourselves in some dire straits. And Ms. Hisson, you know, Ms. Hisson, probably right. another like month or two, I want to talk to you about something about that turn the clock back uh, uh, right. thing. Uh, uh, yeah. uh, it's a little, it's a little thing that 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 
I'm about to, we are about to start, uh, but uh, but we're trying to identify some communities across the nation, and I think mm-hmm. that 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 your community right there fits the bill. What we're looking for, but that's something we could talk about, you know, before you go to Africa or something, or when you come back. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So I yeah. want to redirect the question and um, a um, Mike. Finger, he's the president of the ACLU in Florida. He said mm-hmm. that, uh, let me get it right. He said that the number is too high for, the number is too high for, um, the number is too high for the amount of rest, the amount of rest that are happening in that area, in, in that area. Which is fifty four percent of black folks are being arrested. Um, can you make a comment about that, Ms. Simpson? It's true. You know they, um, you know people are people are driving, and they'll pull you over and say there was a crime committed. It happened to me. I had just got my three hundred Chrysler, and I was driving. And the police came behind me. You got arrested, Miss Vincent? No, oh, my no. God. You got arrested? I was driving, and the police came behind me with their uh, sirens, and I pulled over, and I pulled down, the, rolled down the window, and I said, hello, officer, how can I help you? He said, well, this car fits the description of a car that just uh, did a robbery. I That's said, scary. I said, well, I didn't do a robbery. Um, so he said, can I see your driver's license registration? I said, certainly. Gave him everything. And then he looked in the car and was looking all around. And uh, so I just sat there waiting for him to finish. He didn't find any warrants or anything. He said, okay. All right. You can have a nice day. I said, thank you. Took my stuff and I left. And, you know, so there's a lot of fishing going around. And fishing, uh, and I'll tell you something. In addition to fishing, they they focus on African Americans, and yeah. so it's like it's like a crapshoot, you know, or like a uh, one of those lottery games, or you spin the wheel, and you know, out of ten times you might win three, so you might catch three people out of ten. Well, so, so far yeah. they've been winning. You, you so far they've been winning fifty four fifty four percent of the time, thus far. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, and for the smallest inspectors, you got somebody lost their job and they can no longer pay child support. Now they lost their license. So you have all kinds of things that, you know, the average person that goes to work every day, they have these here, they've they've removed tolls. So when you're driving around, now it's this here overhead thing. So you don't pay any money, but they charge you. So they keep charging you and charging you, and then you get these bills in the mail where you owe all of this money for these tolls. You know, where was I there? What was this? Why? Why was my? Why did they take a picture of me here? You know, the red lights. You know, the, all kinds of ways that they kind of uh, erode away at your citizenship. And you could be an everyday working person. Next thing you know, you're in court for this, or you didn't pay that, and you have all kinds of issues. Now, at the same time. They will pull over a white person, and they will say, um, they'll look and see that their license is suspended. They'll look and see all kinds of things, and they'll let them go. 
Maybe there was a Walmart where a guy and a girl came to Walmart. This is out here in Largo. This was about two months ago. And the girl went in the bathroom, and she passed out. She was doing drugs. So in their quest to deal with her, they discovered him, and they did a run, a check on his license. His license was suspended. He was driving a car that had been reported stolen. They called the owner of the car, and he said, yes, that's my granddaughter's boyfriend. He had no business taking my car. So they told the man. They went and got the man, drove him to Walmart, put the, put, gave him the car, and the boy go with him. And he took it back. The girl had to go to the hospital because she was, you know, a drunk uh, overdose. She didn't die, but but the point was he didn't get a ticket for not having a license. He didn't get a reprimand for driving a stolen vehicle. They went and got the owner, brought the owner back so he could get his car, and then he took the boy left. Oh. And everybody was sitting there in amazement because this is this is policing that's done for the privileged, but yeah. for an African American, you don't even you could just be in the parking lot and they will pull you over and say, uh, they'll ask you, let me see your driver's license registration because there was something reported and you you fit the description. Well, so, hold on, Miss. Yeah, I think we have a caller. Uh, yeah, I, I think we have a caller. I, I, I think we have a caller. We I think we have a caller. Yeah, okay. welcome to Black Urban America. Two six seven. Two six seven, is me? Yes. Oh, how you doing, Kenny? Carl. Hey, Carl, how you doing? <laughs> All right, so you like you got some talking about racial profiling? No, we talked well, we, we talked about <laughs> we talked about a couple of things. Yeah, we switched to we, that. You know, we talked about a couple when of things. Talk about, when we talk about the disproportionate number of African Americans being arrested, is it because, I mean, what's the real backstory to that? Is it because African Americans are more horrible than anybody else? No. It's because they're being targeted on so many different levels, and a lot of crimes that are being committed by whites is not being reported and they're not being arrested for, and there is a great disparity in it. And I can tell you because I've seen it over and over and over again. And that's just me, one person. So you take me and multiply me times a million people, and it's happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it could be a huge disproportion. Mm-hmm. Well, the African-American population is a very vulnerable population. We have It's a very vulnerable We're not represented, um, you know, in the government, you know, in the law, under the law, you know. Not protected, yeah. like you were just saying, under the under the law. People see view us as, for some reason, they view us as our, our communities as criminal communities, and so that they could just, you know, run, you know, run a herd over us, you know, do what they well, want to do with us. Well, uh, let me just say this: I don't think it's just for some reason. It is definitely intentional and by design. They are targeted. Those communities are targeted. When they want to get, they say, hey, it's that time of the month. We know where we can go and do 45 arrests. Where? Go right in the hood. Why? Mm-hmm. The black brothers and so 
you know, selling stuff uh, because people can't pay their rent because they're driving their, their cars even though they're not registered because they don't have the money because they, they went up four times on their insurance because of the area they live in or because of minor infractions. So it's not, it's not uh, something that, you know, just kind of happens. It is institutionally designed. It's still right. It, it is. You're right. It sure is. It's systemic. So what do we do about that? What do well, we do as a community? That's a nightmare. Well, there's, there's so many things that, you know, that we can do. Um, I think that, you know, just like they are creating, they're writing bills every day that are going in for approval. Who's writing the bills for us? The students that are are graduating from uh, law school, uh, we need to really focus on educating ourselves and getting serious about what's going on. We need to turn off those televisions, put down video games, stop running around uh, dressing like uh, hooligans with their pants down, we need to start focusing on educating ourselves, supporting ourselves, getting into businesses, and being, you know, they say, oh, we want desegregation, but segregation was a pretty good thing. We had a higher number. We had a higher expectation. We worked harder. We worked as a community. We were organized and united and got lots of things done. When kids went to school, they didn't misbehave the way they are now because the parents, the teachers, they saw them at the grocery store. They saw them at church. The teachers knew their parents. They'd get on the phone that night. Let me tell you what Johnny did in class today. What? Johnny did what? No, he didn't. You know, we had a whole different mindset, you know, and it was about supporting and, and helping each other. And, you know, we, we got away from that. We don't see the need for that. We brought into, hey, we, we just like everybody else, we can have the liberties of everybody else. And they show you every day you cannot, but we still you know, don't believe that we still uh, buy in the, the, the pie in the sky concepts, but it's not, it's, it's time for us to stop playing around, you know, and oh, yeah. we have a lot of work to do, and um, if we don't, you know, they already talk about these, these encampments. Um, the fact that I work with the children and families in the communities, I watched the device, you know, we had a party, uh, a party in the community for kids, for some 13-year-olds. And so I walked inside just to see what was going on. And they had um, they had little girls, and they were standing on tables dancing, you know, shaking their arms. And then they, and the parents, <laughs> let me tell you something, the words that they that were saying fun. to the song, I just said to myself, I said, where do they hear this music from? I mean, they don't play it on the radio. They say, oh, you go on YouTube and see all of this. But the words were so disgusting. And the things that they were saying, and I'm talking 9, 10, 11, 12, they knew the words, and they were saying, yeah, she a blank, and we do this, and that, yeah. and then all you got to do. And they were saying all this stuff, and the adults that were there were saying the same, singing the same songs, walking around with phones, videotaping, <laughs> And laugh and say, "Get it, girl! Get it! Oh, yeah, get it, down there. And then, and then, when the girl, when the girls got off the table, they go into the bathroom and they take the lo literal ones, 
And they say, well, show me how to do it. Show me how to make it go like that. I say, oh, all you got to do is like this. You got to make it go round and round and round. Oh, okay, okay. Then they go back out to the party. And then I said, Lord. All right. I think our time has have ran down. Uh, Miss Hissy, I want to thank you for coming on the show. Thank can you. Can you tell us some upcoming, upcoming, can, can, can you tell us some upcoming events? Well, um, yeah, we are, well, last time we talked, we were doing a family blessing, which was fantastic. Right before that, we went to Miami and did Art Basel, which is an incredible event, an international event. And uh, we did first night, and now we are doing a spring, a spring picnic for the community. And we're going to have live entertainment and, you know, uh, bouncy houses and you're not gonna have any dancers, are you? You're not gonna have any dancers, are you? Yeah, we're gonna have dancers, but they're gonna show them how to do dance respectfully. Yeah, okay. Yeah, they're gonna we're gonna do bad things. Hey, 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 for you coming on. Okay? Well, you know, I was just starting to warm up, so. Yeah, yeah, we, we ter- it turned out well. Anytime. I would love okay. to talk to you anytime. Even off the radio. Okay. Y'all have my number anytime you want to call. Um, Get ready for family. Now, you guys didn't come last year. I was expecting to I see this in. year. 2017. All right? So, call me. I'll give all you right, a date. All right, 2017 at the end. <laughs> okay. All right. You have a good you have a good night, Miss Henson. Thank, Thank you. You're the best. Thank you. Okay. okay. Right. Bye bye. Good. Uh it's always a pleasure. But uh hey, she said the same thing I said, Carlton and Tammy, we got to separate. You know, we just got yes. to separate. You know, I'm down for that. But huh? The system itself the system itself has just got us in basically got us in shackles right now because we rely on the system for our food. We rely on the system for our, our jobs. We rely on the system for too damn much. We need to stop for relying everything. on the system. For we everything. need to come up out of the system. Right? Tammy, that's called. Yeah, we are totally How's dependent on the that system. How's it going? How's it going? We are basically <laughs> a slave to the system. So as we bring this shame on the shadow, shadow slavery, now we're in a new kind of slavery. Yeah. Uh-huh. We so, Tammy, she's been trying to be on your show. Yeah, I need to call your show, Carlton, because you know. I can't hear. I can't hear. Questionable topic. Mm-hmm. We ain't going to talk about that. I've been meaning to call your show because I've been meaning to get on some of them topics you've been having lately, too, a little bit. I got a lot going on. But as uh, okay. soon as I pipe down a little bit and get you catch you on uh, All right. right? Uh, all right. Hey, hey Carlton. I'm going to disconnect yeah. you because, you know, time is running out. Thank you for calling, I'm brother. I'll I, I, I talk to you Saturday. All right, bro. All right. Oh, Thanks, y'all. Well, oh, Tammy. Man. She, she uh, uh, is a huh? – I love her. I love her. Yeah. I love her. Everything she said was true. She, and she we, we have an obligation to change ourselves out of meat from underneath this boot on our neck. We got a boot on our yeah. neck, man. A army I know. Boot. A military yeah, boot. Yeah, real big boots. 
Some but, but we're gonna have to take a trip. Hey, 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 Tammy, we're gonna have to take a trip. They got a cave. Uh, uh, especially if uh, I, I'm really thinking about uh, uh, trying to go down there and do a workshop. You know, we Where? need to go Florida? down. There. Yeah. Oh, Lord. I would love to go see one of her programs. You know what I'm saying? See how it's working. Yeah, that's love true. The way she that's maybe combine that whole thing. Well, I'll talk to her about Maybe combine that whole thing. We are, we, are, we, are, we got 18 seconds. I just want to tell yeah. everybody I am because we are. We are because I am. And good night, yeah. everyone. Tammy. Good yeah, cool. night. All right. So, this is. Peace out. I don't shot me